Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him in a life-transforming journey. Now, here's my friend Mark to introduce today's sermon. Good morning. Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho welcomes you. When was the last time you acted to help someone in need? Maybe help someone that was life-changing. The message today in Joshua points out we are called by the Lord to be his hands, his feet, his voice to his people. We learn today our role with others is to reflect the Lord's purpose and promise in our lives and stand strong. As we're called out of darkness into his light, we're a blessing to others. Stephen, he believed the truth. He stood up before the people, he preached the truth, and he suffered the truth. And at that point, he prayed in grace that God would forgive those that were about to take his life. How about the courage beyond suffering in the here and now, today, this afternoon, the courage to help? How about that Samaritan on the road where this man fell? By all of these thieves in a world today where we're surrounded by crime, the courage to help and placing your own life in danger because you're about to help someone. The danger of your reputation, the danger of your own household or money or whatever it may be, or wealth. The courage to lose it all because you're about to help someone. Do we have that kind of courage? This man that risked his life to stop. If we're honest, very few have the courage today. If you see somebody that has a flat on the road, or their hood or the car is up, and the car is steaming, do you have the courage to stop? That the Lord may use you in one way or another? Or you think, well, my taxes, my money goes to the state. Cops should stop and they should help them out. I got no time. How many times have you driven by a, by a homeless person or someone who's broken down and the Holy Spirit was ever so lightly tapping you? And you're like, oh, I got to go. I can't. I wish I could. The courage to change somebody's day because you're about to help. He risked his life to help. He even risked his money. He went to that innkeeper and said, listen, here's some money. And if it costs more, I'll come back and give you everything you need. Just help this man. Be strong. Be strong in the word. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong as you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So you could have the courage to change somebody's life. How do we do all this? Be strong and courageous. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land. But this land is the one that I tied myself to when I swore to their fathers to give them. First principle and promise as we stand on the word is that God provides a guiding strength. A guiding fortitude, something that is birthed from the word within the heart as we rest on his promise that God made a covenant. So my strength is not coming from my own will, my own ideas. I got an idea. Let's build a ministry. No, it's a promise God made that now he's calling you that in partnership with him, you can see blessings flow through you 
in the lives of others. Because you need to cause them to inherit it. Only two of you believed in God's promise 40 years ago. The two of you are here. Everyone that was 19 and younger or 20 and younger died in the desert. All this new generation, all they've known, they've only known desert. They've never seen a river, never seen water, let alone grapes and all that good stuff. All they know is dust. And you're about to take them to a place to live a whole different life. Talk about change. You got to be strong and courageous because they don't have it. They're stiff-necked people. Don't be afraid. What a call to ministry. There's a guiding fortitude. There's a strength provided only by resting, trusting, loving enough to believe enough His promise. For you shall cause. Other translations, the phrase is, you shall give or you shall divide. There's that presence and wisdom where blessings are parted out that others' lives would be enhanced because of your faithfulness as you're leading people in your relationship. You won't lead people closer to Christ than you alone are close to Him. If you don't know how good the Lord is, how are you going to convince others through your joy and peace? Because you know what? When you stand for that, the enemy says, that's the one we got to knock down. He talks too much. I'm going to attack that family to see if they're going to stand like Job. And God said, go ahead. Because it's not the things that keep him close to me. It's the love. Be strong and courageous. Because your relationship with the Lord is the love that you have. And everything the Lord allows in our lives, all the trials, all the hardships that do one thing and one thing only, cut away the fat and build those spiritual muscles of the heart which love God for who He is, not what He gives. Now, what about this strength in knowing His promise? First principle that we will deal with this morning within being guided. First of all, God gives you strength to be a blessing. God gives you strength that as you know Him, we talk about knowing and being and walking with the Lord, and we talked about how about the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego situation where they followed him and they stood no matter what in loss of everything, winding up and facing that furnace, certain death, and they were not promised they're going to make it. No one had ever walked through a furnace and lived through fire beforehand. They didn't know. All they knew is that we're going to stand. Strength to be a blessing. Look at Matthew 18, 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin. Why is there a need to be a blessing and the strength to be a blessing? Because there's consequences to our life. There's an influential power of everything we do and how we live. And the Lord makes it evident that you will impact people which will either bring blessing or curses. And look at this situation. If someone causes these little ones, these children, these ones that believe in me. Was he talking about children or was he talking about the disciples? 
For you to enter the kingdom of God, you got to be a child, like a child. The idea is all of those that believe in me, like a child, yeah, younger age, older age, were his children. If you cause one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would have been better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. He's building this idea of the importance of our life and the way we impact people through my anger, through my sin, through my carelessness. I may lead someone to fall in sin. Or if you go in the depths of darkness, in the sex trafficking, or the people that are bent on evil, all that they do is for their own self-gratification, destroying others. Jesus says there's consequences. Because God takes note of those that cause others to sin. You've got to be strong and courageous to be protective To be able to feed others from the word because there are those who want to destroy. Uh, Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2.16, even within the church. Paul is all up in arms against people that are destroying the church from within or trying to. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene among them. And he names these guys. I mean, if anyone ever wanted the names in the Bible, that's nice, like David and Mary and Joseph. But you don't want in the Bible like these guys, Hymenaeus and Philetus. Why? Who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. God takes note of these guys' names. Their lifestyle, their teaching, their impact was destroying people's lives. It would have been better for them to have had a great millstone wrapped around their neck and tossed into the sea. 2 Timothy 4.14, another guy, Alexander, would get his business too because that's how they knew each other. Right? John the shoemaker down the street. Same thing, Alexander the coppersmith. Everyone knew him in the city. This Alexander coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be aware of him yourself. Be strongly opposed, for he strongly opposed our message. There's consequences. See, you will cause them to inherit the land I have promised them. So the life you live and the way you trust in the Lord, the way you walk, you're causing others as you are a blessing for them to receive a blessing rather than the consequences of sin. Our calling and our ministry, once you know Christ, is to be a blessing to others. Peter talks about this in 1 Peter 3.9. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Don't raise your voice. Don't get smarter. Don't attack. Well, let me tell you about him. No, no, don't do that. Bless. On the contrary, bless. For to this you were called. Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Follow me, for your walk with me will become a blessing to their lives. You are to be a blessing to others, that you may obtain a blessing. 1 Peter 4.9, if you ask yourself, what kind of a blessing, what do these blessings look like? In an introductory way, we would say, love. 
Peter says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. What does that mean? Some of you, when we want to shake hands, they're like, no, 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 no. We're not shaking hands. We're hugging. In today's society, we want to keep people's arm's length. We don't let people in our house so quickly. Uh, we, we want to love by saying, bless you, shaking hands, and maybe having a meal at church. But he says, love each other earnestly. That's the idea of going that extra mile to either be in someone's life or having them being in your life. Love each other earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sins. Here's what we want to take home. For you to gather the strength to be a blessing. Understanding that we receive the spirit of, of truth and power and the Holy Spirit and self-control. The strength to be a blessing. Here's four ways you can be a blessing today. Simple. Ready? Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. And the idea is this, two points. Restore in gentleness. Restoring. I met someone this week that purchased from me on Craigslist a motorcycle rack that I had from my previous motorcycle. But it wasn't for a motorcycle. It was this big. It was for a MG convertible car that he said, this has been a project of mine for 20 years. And he showed it to me. He had wood from a boat here and parts from other cars there. It was a thing of beauty. And I said, will this be your heart or are you going to sell it? I was going to sell it. But he spent 20 years preparing and building that project. He had his fingerprints all over it. He loved what he had created. It's that restoration that takes time. Galatians 6, 1, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, if you see anyone that has fallen on their face and they're broken, they've sinned, you who are spiritual, in other words, you who are godly, you who know the Lord, you who have been shown grace by God, every one of you that call upon the name of Jesus as your Lord, you who are spiritual should restore him. That takes time and patience, awareness, kindness, and mostly in gentleness. Restore them in being gentle. Oh, how many times I've come across situations, churches and people and groups which were not kind. They were mean. They were insulting. There was no gentleness. There was no anointment. There was no oil being poured over that wound. You be a blessing. Lead others into their inheritance by restoring them in gentleness. Oh yes, Americans get that idea when they show this dog that was found on the streets that was skin and bones and he was about to die and he was restored in love and now they show a brand new picture of a happy puppy running around and wagging his tail and loving life. We get that, but people are messy. Because when you get close enough to restore somebody in gentleness and loving them earnestly, that means loving them where you may be impacted. And sometimes when you try to take a thorn out of the paw of the lion, you may get bit or scratched. Did you know that sheep bite? Yeah, sheep bite. Shepherds know that. The reaction of a shepherd when a sheep bites is not smack, get back to the bottom. 
the back of the room. No, no. It's embracing that sheep. Go ahead, bite. Because they also bit my Lord Jesus. Do we know how to accept that? That's how you become a blessing. Are you safe enough to be bitten? To restore them in gentleness? Second, help ease someone's burdens. If you don't have the gift or the strength or the knowledge or the vision to restore, can you help ease somebody's burden? Just for a little bit. Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens. But see, if I don't know your life, if I'm not close enough, how am I going to bear your burdens? Because usually our reaction is, it's as if someone comes to your house at the airport and they got baggages. And as any good host, you want to lift up their suitcase to carry it to put in the car or from the car to the house. Their reaction is, no, no, I got it. Good. It's a nice, nice gesture. Now carry it. If I don't know you, and if you don't know me, you have no idea what my burdens are. And burdens are messy. It may be to carry that backpack for one other mile. You know the story. The Roman law had any Jew that would be on the street. Roman soldier came by. He had a backpack, and he was carrying all of his stuff to his fortress or whatever he was going. He, by law, can drop that on the shoulder of a, of a Jewish man, and he had to carry it for one kilometer, one mile, or whatever. And Jesus says, when you get to the end of that one mile, keep on walking. When they expect you to drop it, keep on walking. Help ease somebody's burdens but it gets better turn to Ephesians 4.32 what is gold in our world and society today is the kind of love that forgives but notice the intimate circle that this requires if we see each other only on Sundays and here's a formula that you can use in your heart if you want to be like Jesus. If we see each other, we bump and go. We don't have an opportunity to offend each other, even though you've done so many times. Because we talk throughout the week, we see each other. If we only bump and go, we're all happy, good Christians. But if you don't know someone well enough where they can offend you, you're missing the mark. Because true love lives to forgive. Because it's when you forgive that you are like your Father in heaven. Nothing brings someone closer to Christ than when they're, that, as when they are forgiven and loved, restored. Ephesians 4.32 and Colossians 3.13 Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. That's that gentleness. Being tender-hearted means that you are easy to deal with. You may be beautiful as a rose, but your thorns, oh my goodness, your thorns. Stay over there. Have a great Sunday. We act that way sometimes. Be tender-hearted. You want to be a blessing? Forgiving one another. How am I to forgive, says Peter? Paul says, is God in Christ forgave you. Of all the things he leaves to that point, true love is close enough 
to be offended and then has the glory of forgiving. We should not walk away saying, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he did that. Doesn't he know who he's talking to? Doesn't he know how much I've been giving this and doing this? No, the thing is, great, I got a chance to forgive him. I can't wait to see him again and say, you're forgiven. Strength to be a blessing. Restore people in gentleness. Help ease their burdens. Live your life to forgive. Colossians 3.13 Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving. That's a present participle. That is an ongoing. Forgiving. We're supposed to be known as the repenters and the forgivers. That's it. Forgiving one another as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And lastly, in this strength to be a blessing, turn to 2 Timothy 2.2. 2 Timothy 2.2. If you live out these commands... And calling for your life. You have been teaching. You have been leaving behind you footsteps. Yes, I've played tennis in college and high school. And I, I enjoy hitting a ball called golf. But the times I've learned the most is not by the instructions of how you hold and how you swing. is by watching. Because as you watch somebody do it right, it gets imprinted in your mind and you begin to imitate. And so Paul says, imitate me, follow me as I follow Christ, teaching a legacy. That's how you become a true blessing. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses Because he was not ashamed. What he heard from the Lord in the desert of Damascus, he preached from the housetop. He called it out. You saw me live it. Timothy, what you've heard me, what you heard from me, entrust to faithful men. And that brings you right back to how do you know somebody's faithful? It's by living life close and rubbing your life to other people. You know them enough to forgive them, to help them, ease their burdens, to forgive them. Now you know they're faithful. Now you got to pour into them. And trust the faithful men. Why? Who will be able to teach others also. The pinnacle of your life will be defined by the lives that you have impacted and brought one step closer to Jesus. That's why John says, I love it when I hear my children walking in the truth. It is your time and place. If not your children, your grandchildren. It can be done quietly and softly by living and being a blessing knowing how to teach through your life, knowing how to forgive, knowing how to ease somebody's burden by helping them stand. Be strong and courageous to stand by being a blessing. In 1 Peter 4.9, we are called to love one another earnestly with the strength we receive from the Holy Spirit. 
Our blessing from God will be seen in the gentle manner with the time we invest in others, spending time to develop relationships and help lead others in need. We help ease another's burdens as we come alongside in a developing relationship, not just with love, but yet also with forgiveness. For real love lives to forgive, and this teaches not just the one who is forgiven, but also all who witness the forgiveness. As we read in 2 Timothy, it says, You will be strengthened by Christ's grace, and be a witness to others about that as well. Thank you for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at this time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.